0: You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. I'm so glad to have you guys again today. And I just want to say thank you for listening in. If you have been listening in From you know just the past couple episodes, or if you've been here from the very beginning, I appreciate you. I'm so glad to have you. I feel like these are like little, I don't know, like little coffee dates, even though I can't see you. But I just want to tell you that I'm thank you and I'm so appreciative. And on that same note, before we dive into to today's podcast, I actually want to share something with you guys real quick. So I don't think that we celebrate enough. I don't think that we celebrate ourselves and our wins and everything like that enough in our lives. And I think that whenever we do take the time to celebrate each other and to talk about the things that are going right, the things that are going well and our successes, I think whenever we take a moment to actually talk about those things with each other, it, it just makes us feel better. And especially if we can, you know, support other women in this and we can celebrate with them for their wins and on their journeys. It just makes life so much better, right? It just gives you those good feelings, whether it's, you know, I don't know, those feel good hormones or if it's just pure love for each other. It's something I'm really passionate about. I am really passionate about lifting other women up and just being there for each other. So I wanted to share with you guys today, before we jump into the podcast, uh, a message that I got from one of my clients. So she's actually been a longtime podcast listener. She's listened. I mean, I, this podcast hasn't been going on that long, but (laughs) she's been listening in from the beginning and she just signed up this past round of overcome the overwhelm. Um, and I think that she is having a lot of success and seeing a lot of changes from going through the program, putting in the work, you know, putting in that intentional effort to really make changes because, you know, that's what she wanted. She wanted things to be different. So, and of course I'm going to change out some names and everything for privacy reasons. And I, I of course got her permission to share this, but, and she sent this to me, um, when she was having a really, really bad, uh, couple of weeks. So, you know, just a lot of big challenges going on, a lot of big things in her life. So, at those times, I think it is even more important to share what's going right. Because it can be hard. It can be hard to see what's going right when everything around you feels like it's going wrong. Right? So, okay, she says, okay, as you know, the past couple of weeks have just been awful. And before working with you, I would have definitely spiraled. But instead, I did what she said, and I practiced allowing my emotions instead of avoiding them. And I didn't really want to drink like I normally do. And I didn't even fight with my husband once this week. Keeping out of the downward spiral was hard, but not nearly as hard as being caught up in it. Oh, man, sometimes my clients just put things in the best way possible. So I just want to share that with you guys that, yeah, putting in the work to improve yourself and to grow and to learn how to do things differently, it isn't easy. It's hard. It takes effort, right? It takes being intentional and putting a little bit of time and a little bit of, you know, brain power into that. You have to want it. But the results oh my gosh, like you want to talk about compounding your results. That's how you do it. You know, because if you put in the work in this and making the changes in your life, what you get out of it is just something that can't be measured. It's just absolutely unmeasurable because it's just this feeling like things are easier. Because yeah, it's hard to put in the work and, you know, do the things we need to do and, you know, practice feeling our emotions versus avoiding them and practicing, you know, Keeping an eye on our thoughts and our beliefs and what's going on there and changing our thoughts and our beliefs patterns that are holding us back. That takes work, but not nearly as much work as there is in spiraling, in drinking whenever you're stressed out and eating when you're stressed out and fighting and yelling with your husband, your spouse, having to go through a divorce because of all of it. Like all of that, that is work. That is hard. So it's kind of, you know, you have to pick your heart, pick your poison here, pick Pick your struggle, not struggle, but like pick your, which one do you want to do? Which hard do you pick? So I did not mean to go off on this, (laughs) but I think that's something that really needs to be said. And I'm guessing that somebody out there probably needs to hear this today is that you do have to pick your hard. Are you willing to give up a little bit of your time and a little bit of your effort to work on yourself to save you a lot of headache over the entire span of your life? Or are you not? Would you rather use all that energy towards all of that, you know, downward spiraling and avoiding and living in that just awful survival space for the next however many years you're alive? It's kind of a choice, you know, it's kind of an easy choice, in my opinion. <laughs> do the work, whether it's through this podcast, whether it's through signing up through overcome the overwhelm through whatever, however you want to do it, do the work on yourself. And, I, you know, if you do want to join Overcome the Overwhelm, next round is starting September 1st. So this is your sign. If you've been looking for it, it is right here. It is me saying, I am here. Let's do the work. <laughs> you know how to reach out to me. You just got to do it, right? So, but well, let's talk to get, uh, about the podcast, right? What are we going to talk about today? So I actually want to tell you guys a very personal story today. I have, uh, well, this is very personal. And the thing is, I don't even know how to start because it's really emotional for me because I kind of have to go back to the place where it was a really hard time in my life. When Leo was a baby, I think he was about eight months old. Yeah. Cause it was in August. Um, he's about eight months old and we knew something was going on, but we had no idea what, you know, we still had that kind of, that hope that maybe things would be okay one day, you know, cause we didn't have any genetic testing results or anything back long story short he stops eating like completely so we took him to the ER they did a swallow study on him and he had been aspirating everything into his lungs completely like straight into his lungs immediately they're like yep all right NG tube he can never eat a bottle again I'm like that is heartbreaking heartbreaking for a mother to hear you will never get to feed your child again and it's just like, wow. And that was something that just was probably one of the most painful moments in my journey up to date, like to this point. And I remember it very clearly. I remember all of those emotions back then and just that like sadness and that grief that I would never get to feed my child through mouth, you know, by his mouth ever again. And it really breaks your heart. And it again goes back to like all those things, of course, come flooding in all the things you won't get to do, Right. You won't get to experience, you know, him eating his first, whatever, birthday cake or whatever it is. You know, you won't get to go for ice cream with your child and all this stuff. Like, all that kind of comes to mind. And from there, you know, we kind of got a little bit of hope. And they said, well, you know, maybe you just do a swallow study. Maybe do some feeding therapy or I'll be okay. So we didn't really know kind of what that looked like. I I don't even, it's all kind of blurry at this point, but... We signed up for a swallow study or whatever. Got in with a swallow study. You don't just sign up for one of those, do you? (laughs) Kind of get the referral, you know. The doctor has to put in the orders. And in Oklahoma, in our world, you have to wait several months before you ever get a phone call. And then you schedule it for a couple months later, right? (laughs) So we did that once. um, I don't even know. Leo was was probably another year later. Just to see that maybe some progress had been made. We weren't doing any kind of therapy or anything, but maybe Leo had gotten enough strength built up in his esophagus, somehow, I don't know, where he could safely swallow. So we took him to the swallow study, not really knowing what we were doing, not really knowing how all the how all of this system worked, right? And remember they put him in that weird chair and they kind of strapped him down, put the hospital blankets on him. I just, I hated it. I was like, this is like, so like a medical procedure. I was so excited. I was going to get to see my baby eat, even if it was just for a swallow study. I was so excited for that. And it might sound silly, uh, you know, if it's something that you've never experienced personally, but for me, it was hard, man, it was really hard to not get to do such a normal mom thing. So the idea of getting to do one of those little normal mom things that would make me feel like a quote unquote real mom, Cause at that time, I didn't feel like a real mom. I felt like an outcast, like an imposter almost. And this is one of those things that would get me one step closer towards that real mom status that I had believed in my head that I was not. <laughs> it sounds silly now, but it's not. It wasn't silly at the time. It was a very real thing I struggled with. So anyways, they did the swallow study. Um, they did whatever, one thing first, you know, I know they have a series, they've got the liquid, the puree, and each one's a little bit more difficult, right? The very first one they tried, it's supposed to be the easiest, um, failed, like, spectacularly, he failed, went straight into his lungs, like, I mean, just glory, just all there in his lungs, (laughs) and they immediately were like, nope, he failed, I was like, wow, we drove two hours, did all of this like set up. I mean, it is like a whole process to get into that room to do the test for them to literally less than one minute in there. And they're like, yep, he failed. It's over, go home. (laughs) It was awful. And it was so traumatic to me. It was one of the most like, just vivid in my memories moments. And it really did something. I'm telling you the story for a reason. It really caused me to have a lot of fear around swallow studies, around, you know, feeding therapy, around Leo taking anything by mouth. And I kind of just from that point forward, hearing how harshly they said it, and in my mind it was harsh. They may not have said it harshly at all. But whenever we are in high emotions, things can, our brains are just like, yep, they said it. They were mean. They yelled it at you. I know for a fact they did not yell it at me, but my brain has decided that they did (laughs) because our brains are just trying to protect us, right? Bless their hearts. I have to tell myself about, that's what I say about my own brain all the time. I'm like, oh, bless, bless its heart. It's trying its best. (laughs) It's just trying to keep me safe. But anyways, from that point, I was stuck in the state of fear around that and the state of like very traumatized about that situation. And anytime it came up to, you know, someone talking about maybe like in the Facebook groups, like on the G-tube Facebook group, someone bring up like a swallow study and how their child passed and how exciting it was and how, oh, you know, they're going to get their G-tube out in six months and all this stuff. Or maybe they even had, they were a G-tube graduate and all this stuff. And it hurt. It hurt so bad. And I hated them. You know, I didn't hate the people, but I hated them for celebrating this. How dare they get what I didn't have? I wasn't going to get to experience that. That's not fair. Was it fair? How come they got that? They didn't do anything special. Mm, Man, back to the jealousy, right? So I had fear. I had jealousy. I was stuck in some very deep emotions around this. And listen, guys, this is so important. It was not serving me. It wasn't just harmless emotions because here's what was happening from that place of those emotions because it is our thoughts that create our emotions. So it's having thoughts that, you know, it shouldn't be happening like this, all kinds of thoughts. I mean, just a million that were causing this fear and this jealousy towards other moms who were having celebrations and who were, you know, getting off the G tubes or were passing our swallow studies you know, how it wasn't fair that they were doing that and they were able to have that, but we weren't. And how scared I was to ever try again because he was just going to fail. He would never be able to eat by mouth. These are all the thoughts I had. And they created those feelings for me. Those feelings of guilt and fear and just despair and almost just giving up. And that's what it did end up making me do. Because our thoughts create our feelings. And then those feelings, from those feelings, it made me give up. I stopped ever thinking that Leo would eat by mouth. It just, I dropped the dream, right? I dropped that, oh, maybe someday. And I'm not saying, oh, you have to keep the dream like, oh, yes, my child will do that someday. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that maybe yes, maybe no. We don't know, you know? But I didn't have to be in the blindly like, well, that's never going to happen because I had decided from those thoughts and those emotions, that that was never going to happen. And that wasn't going to serve anybody. It wasn't going to serve me. It wasn't going to do me any favors. It felt like crap. And it definitely was not what was best for Leo. It did not create a great, you know, it wasn't going to help him be able to eat someday, right? It wasn't going to help him get into feeding therapy and be able to build up those skills to safely swallow. No, my avoidance out of that fear. That was like sticking my head in the sand and just saying, I'm avoiding that problem. And avoiding a problem doesn't solve it. Avoiding a problem just makes it worse. <laughs> it's kind of like if you like uh you know, with my client earlier in um her message, if you just avoid it with alcohol, it's just gonna make things worse, right? <laughs> Causes more fights with your husband. (laughs) So I just want you guys to, you know, take a look at your lives and see like, where am I avoiding things? Where am I avoiding my emotions, thinking that that is going to create less suffering for myself? When in reality, it is actually creating more suffering for yourself and others that are close to you, maybe your children, your husband, your sister, your family, whatever. It's not just about you whenever you avoid your emotions. It's affecting everybody. Yeah. So whenever I started to kind of work through this, um, whenever I started to just kind of dig into the different aspects of my life, the things that were keeping me stuck, the things that were those really big moments that hurt, they're very painful to me. Kind of have to start unraveling them like that ball of yarn, pulling out each thought one by one, taking a look at it seeing what we want to keep, what we don't want to keep. Whenever I finally started doing that around Leo's feeding therapy, I was able to make it not a big deal. I was able to take off the pressure there, take away the fear, kind of push it to the side and say, no, that doesn't belong here. This is a completely, we can, we can talk about this circumstance without having fear in it, without having jealousy towards others that have nothing to do with us. (laughs) We can be proud of those families. Guess what? I've, I've gotten to that place. I mean, and this is, you know, been years of work and I've been in this place for a long time. So what I'm about to tell you in a minute, but it's, you don't, you know, I don't feel whenever I see someone's success story. I was never jealous anymore. I was able to overcome that. I was able to celebrate with them. I was able to catch myself if I ever did feel jealous and say, ha, this is about them, not about me. This has nothing to do with me. Their child's success has nothing to do with my child's success or non-successes, right? It doesn't. I was able to separate myself from it. kind of have like a little, a pause in between where your brain reacts to things. And so that, you know, did all that work and it was great. And I kind of came to the place of, yeah, if it happens, it happens. If he eats by mouth or, you know, only eats by the G-tube for the rest of his life, I'm okay with it. I really was, you know, I really did. And that took a lot of work to get to that place, but I was okay with it either way. Was I ever like, oh my gosh, I love Leo's G-tube. In a way, yes, actually, because Leo's G-tube kept him alive. Leo's G-tube has allowed us to give him medicine whenever he's been so sick and he wouldn't be able, you know, we maybe wouldn't have been able to get it down, you know, into his stomach via his mouth. Sometimes I look at my daughter at Kimber and I'm like, man, I wish you had a G-tube because right now you will not swallow this medicine. (laughs) It just, there are a lot of things about the G-tube that I love. And I was able to get to that place where I was okay. I had acceptance around the whole situation. I was able to look back on the swallow studies without just like wanting to curl up in a corner and cover my head with a blanket and just die, right? I was not, you know, I could look back on it and say, hmm, yeah, that was a rough experience. But we made it through it, right? And all of this to say is that I'm shocked because we actually, um, you know, a couple years later after doing all of that our speech pathologist actually brought it up and she was like, oh, hey, do you want to start feeding therapy for Leo? And we're like, yeah, sure. Had you asked me two years ago, I'd been like, oh, my God, no. I actually think I told her no at one point. I don't know. Or I just avoided it because I never, you know, talked to our pediatrician about it. I never did all the things we needed to do to push it forward. So but this time in a better headspace, I'm not an avoidance. I'm not you know, because I'm avoiding my emotions. Therefore I'm avoiding the whole situation. I wasn't in that space. So this time I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And that's probably a year ago. It's been a while since it's a process, especially in Oklahoma. Um, you know, so we got through all the referrals, everything. Leo started feeding therapy a couple months ago. It's been great. He's, he loves it. And I even said, I don't care if he ever swallows safely if he's ever actually able to take food by mouth I don't care all I care about is that he gets to experience the taste of things sometimes because the smile on his face guys like oh you should see him with the sucker he loves it he loves him so much he's just the cutest he loves sweets (laughs) so we've been in you know feeding therapy for a few weeks now and finally got the feeding therapy referral to come through and you know, we're on the wait list for so long and they called us and we went in and so Leo had his second ever swallow study. Well, I guess third because the first one was the night that we we're at the ER and learned that he was aspirating everything um, before he had a G-tube. So his third ever swallow study, um, you know, all those feelings and those memories came back So you kind of just, you know, be there for yourself through them. And I can't believe it. He did not pass with just flying colors. Don't, don't get me wrong here. (laughs) Leo's not eating a cheeseburger next week. Um, but guys, he kind of, he didn't fail. He didn't fail with flying colors. It's kind of in the middle, you know, he was able to actually safely swallow some of the things. He, you know, got a little bit in his lungs, but he was able to get it up and like cough it, you know, up. Sorry if you're not a medical person listening to this, I apologize. But it was a success. It wasn't like a, oh my gosh, life-changing miracle, but it was success. And I honestly was shocked. (laughs) I was like, wow, I stopped believing for so long that this could happen. And here we are. And had I not worked through everything that I worked through, had I not stopped avoiding my emotions around that situation, my son would not have gotten into feeding therapy. My son would not have gotten to that swallow study. My son would not get to taste food like he is now. Tonight, we tasted watermelon. Earlier today, he had himself a little popsicle. Not the whole thing, but yeah, we are now cleared for small tastes of liquids. Pretty sure it was once a day, but today we did twice. Don't tell anybody. But yeah, guys, like I am so glad, like I just can't even explain how thankful I am that I went through all of that work, that I was, I allowed myself to deal with those emotions around that situation and to revisit them in a safe way. And to learn to process them instead of stuffing them down further. Because look what it got me. I'm so proud of my son. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of our family. Because we got here. Does it mean anything big? No. It may, nothing may change. You will always have a G-tube. Always. But that's okay. That is perfectly okay with me. It's a good thing. Now we just get to experience even more life. And that is always my goal is like, let Leo experience as much life as possible. So, all right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And I will talk to you next week. All right, bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.